Hello, and welcome to the Show Up Dad, the podcast for hardworking tradesmen dads. On today's special episode, we will be discussing heart disease risk in service and blue collar jobs. Now, before we get into that, I just kind of want to say a little piece about that. I recently lost my brother, who was 38 years old. He died one day before his 39th birthday. Now, he died doing what he loved. He loved hunting and he passed away pulling out a bull elk. Now, some people would say, oh, yeah, he died. You know, that's a good way to die. He, he died, you know, doing what he loved. On the other side of that token, he left three daughters. Three daughters. The youngest being two. Now, I want to, This the reason why this episode is so dear to me is because I want to bring awareness, not just to, to bring awareness to what happened to my brother and stuff like that and help the healing process, but also to bring awareness to fathers that were just like him. My brother was a journeyman lineman, just like myself. He was a tradesman. He was a hardworking dad. He was a provider. And as hardworking dads and providers out there, we tend to ignore our own health and put others before us before we look into our own means. Some may say that that's, 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 that's good. You know, that, Hey, heck yeah. You know, he's not being selfish, but at the same token, if you really take that a step further and dissect that you're being selfish because there's people that need you. They need your protection. They need your provision and they need you to be there to be engaged, committed and responsible as a father. Now, my brother, he won't be able to be there to walk his daughters down the aisle. He won't. He will not be a show of that. And it's tragic as that sounds. It's, it's, the, it's the truth. So today I brought on Martha Keeper. She's a registered nurse. Martha has over 30 years of experience in cardiac care and education. She has also personal experience with this devastation of heart disease and how it inflicted on, on a family. This experience caused her to review her lifestyle and make some needed changes. This new lifestyle allowed her to discontinue several prescription medications and look forward to many more years of good health. And she likes to say aging is inevitable, growing old is a choice. She now combines professional expertise with her personal heart health tragedies and triumphs to help others identify time bombs that may be lurking in the future and chart their course to avoid them. Her mission is to help people live happier, healthier lives, one heartbeat at a time, because healthy living is an adventure. And I just want to thank you guys for joining the Show Up Dad podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today we make history on this show, as you are the first woman professional to be aired on it. I'm super stoked to have you on here. Thanks for coming on. For today's special episode, Heart Disease Risk in Service and Blue Collar Jobs. I want to kick things off today by having you give listeners an overview of your story, both personally and professionally, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. Well, I'm, I'm Martha Kiefer. I'm a registered nurse and I'm a heart health coach. And I have been spent over 30 years in the healthcare industry 
and most of which was were either in cardiac care, taking care of cardiac patients, or cardiac education, trying to keep people from becoming cardiac patients. So it's really um, my heart too. So I've had a lot of experience in it, taught a lot of different classes on cholesterol management and smoking cessation and stress management, things like that. Now, personally, uh, when my dad was 53 years old, he had one of the leading insurance agencies in his company in the nation. And he was a professional speaker, gave speeches from New York to California and from Texas to Wisconsin, all over the country and everywhere in between. Um, and what, like I said, when he was 53, he um, underwent a heart coronary bypass, heart bypass surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, after the surgery, he never really woke up. He, when he finally did, um, he couldn't speak at all and he couldn't move his right side. He had had a massive stroke. Um, So that really, really, it changed our whole life. Mm -hmm. Our world was changed at that, uh, from that time on. Now he did, he worked very, very hard and was able to regain some speech um, and was able to walk eventually. But it took just a lot of years and a lot of perseverance and just uh, was a real struggle. But he was real fighter. And he did live beyond that. Um, he did, though, continue to have little mini strokes and blood clots in his lung and things like that. So, and then um, I myself, when I was in my 40s, I think, I just happened to get my blood pressure checked. Um, there was someone who was checking blood pressures and and it was like 150 something over 90. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I felt fine and uh, yeah. So I started then on a blood pressure medication and and year or so later added a cholesterol medication and then another blood pressure medication. So it took me a while, <laughs> but after about a decade, I saw myself going in the same footsteps and I was like, mm, I don't think I wanna do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I made some lifestyle changes. And since then I have been able to get off both of those blood pressure medications and my cholesterol medication. So it is my mission in life to keep people out of hospitals, doctors, offices, and nursing homes. And that's why I'm so passionate because I have my, you know, my clinical educational expertise experience along with my personal experience. So heart health is near and dear to my heart. Um, and that's how I got here. And that's why I de- have started my health coaching business. Um, and I love it. I love to help people stay healthy. Like I said, stay out of hospitals, doctor's offices and nursing homes. So, well, I, I thank you for sharing that with us. Um, sure. I can't even imagine what you have to go through as far as your father experiencing yes. that and just that strong father presence in your life having him being debilitated to that point where, you know, he was kind of, you know, he couldn't really, he was never the same. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was such a strong man. He was, you know, a pillar of his community and, and um, very, you know, he not only talked the talk, he walked the walk Mm. for sure. And everybody knew him. We would go travel places around the country and people would, Hey, you know, Luther. (laughs) So 
He was amazing. He was an amazing man. Um, and he still was after his stroke. It was just everything was just so different. So, yeah. The, the reason why I, in, I invited you on this show is because uh, recently my younger brother passed. He was uh, 38 years old. It was a day before his 39th birthday. Uh, he was with his wife in the middle of nowhere. He was hunting and he killed a big elk. And he was like you just said, you know, just a big man, strong, vibrant. Everybody knew him. It's just, I mean, he was the strongest man I've ever met. Yeah. And he was a tradesman. He he was a journeyman lineman, just like me. And I mean, this guy, there's nothing he couldn't do. Wow. And to see that he was for him to experience that and, and suffer and go through that traumatic incident where he you know, he had a heart attack and just to expire that quickly, you know, has has just been really, really hard, especially for his wife. He left a wife, you know, and three kids, his daughter's two years, the youngest daughter's two years old. Oh boy. That's tough. Yeah. Tough. Exactly. And, And his wife was with him. You said, yes, she actually performed CPR for about 30, between 30 minutes to an hour before she was relieved. Okay. So she was able to call 911? Yeah, uh, eventually. Yeah, eventually. But there was, there was such a rural place that it took them a long time to get out there. Oh, boy. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. And CPR is exhausting anyway. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm surprised she was able to do it that long. And then to even just roll him over. I mean, she's not she's not a, a big lady. You know what I mean? She was way smaller than him you know like I said my brother was a a mountain of a man and for her to just roll him over and and try to save his life you know what I mean was just really taxing on her and I can't even believe the emotional stress that she's going through you know absolutely yes yes that must have been yeah Mm -hmm. well I'm sorry I'm sorry to hear that that's very very unfortunate especially with them being out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're just very fortunate that they were able to not get caught by the snow and both of them succumb out there because it started snowing on them. Oh my goodness. How mm-hmm. horrible. How horrible. She, yeah, is she doing okay? Yeah, she's doing, um, you know, as good as expected. You know, she's having to carry that torch and move on. You know, and now she's dealing with the insurance and stuff like that because he's such a young guy. They're really, really looking into everything to make sure, you know, what the problem was. And the autopsy came back and said it was significant heart disease. Yeah. You know, that's one of the problems. It's so insidious and people don't know that they have any trouble at all. So even blood pressure is called high blood pressure is called a silent disease Mm. because people just don't know it unless their blood pressure is dangerously high mm-hmm. um you know st- stroke wise high um then sometimes they might have a headache or a little dizziness or blurred vision but most people walk around in fact um the american heart association says that one well almost 50 percent of americans have heart disease and that does include high blood pressure mm. so it's it's everywhere it's everywhere yes. And, and that's that's uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. As uh, I read this article, and it was published by the Journal of American Medical Association, right? And according to them, it says service personnel were 53% more likely 
and blue collar workers were 40% more likely to report a history of heart disease or stroke than white collar workers in the same age group. Okay, it goes on yeah. to state that overall prevalence of heart disease or stroke history is 2.2% in service workers and 2.6% in blue collar workers by comparison. White collar workers in the same age group have a 1.6 prevalence rate. Farm workers have a 1.9 prevalence rate. Now, that the researchers narrowed down their findings, right, to determine workers in two industry groups are at the highest risk, which is the accommodation and food service, which includes workers in hotels and restaurants, and administration support and waste management, remediation services, which includes travel agents, uh, workers in security services, uh, building upkeep, landscaping, and waste management, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay. What do these groups have in common that they are at such a high risk? Well, a, a lot of them are at the kind of at the mercy of their employer. Mm-hmm. They, they can't choose their schedule. They can't choose exactly what it is that they do. Um, some people they might not have the luxury of saying, well, I'll just quit this job and go look for another one and remain in limbo in between. Um, so some of them, the professions like your, your administratives and um, people like that sit all the time. So they're not up, up and moving around. And I thought it was interesting that farmers were lower, the lowest, the lowest group. Um, and that's probably because they get so much exercise and they eat good food <laughs> that they have grown. So their produce is, is not what we get in the grocery store. So it's much healthier. But I think the stress level uh, really, really contributes to a lot of what you're, what you're saying. Hospitality workers, I, I've been a, a waitress, well, back then it was a waitress, now it's a server. Um, and it's very stressful, very stressful. So that has so much to do with it. Stress just wreaks havoc on your body all over and your heart, well, all of your blood vessels and that affects your heart and the hormones that are released, that affects your heart. So I would attribute it probably to a stress level. So, stress level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense because like you're saying, they have higher rates of job insecurity, a lot of those jobs, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the more sporadic work shift, they have uh, shift work and whatnot. Uh, That's true too, a, yeah. a lot of them, you know, for, you know, they, they enjoy smoking or secondhand smoke exposure. Yes, yeah. I, I know a lot of times I'm not into smoking, but uh, I'd be up in the air working with another lineman and he'd be lighting up a cigarette. You know, he'd be, he'd be lighting it off the 14-4 over there, you know, oh. the electrical wire, you know, oh. here, hold this guy, you know, or whatever, you know, and um, yeah. he'd be smoking. And I know for me, I stopped chewing tobacco probably, eh, I want to say about nine years ago. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. But I had, well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, no, go ahead. I had started chewing when I was 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I, I, I used to teach how to stop smoking. Mm-hmm. And I would talk about the smokeless tobacco and said uh, one of the warning signs and it showed a pocket with a, a little, you know, can <laughs> sticking. Mm-hmm. You could see where it was that he had that can sticking out there. So it is nicotine. Nicotine is extremely addictive. It's the addictive substance in cigarettes and other tobaccos. There's a lot of other nasty 
things in there, but nicotine is the addictive substance. And it is very, very difficult to stop smoking. I know that, well, I, I stopped. I was a smoker for 10 years, not real heavy. Mm -hmm. um, but I watched my class participants just really, really struggle. So I know, you know, it's, it's very, very, if someone is smoking, that's the very, very best thing they can do for their health is to stop. But on the other hand, I know how terribly difficult it is. So it's important to get support. Um, so I don't know. I can expound on that if you'd like. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, you got smoking, right? And then you have stress. Okay, well, people smoke. Usually I know I used to chew when I was stressed. Stress. You know what I mean? So they go hand in hand. and they're, They attribute to each other, you know, yes. to your demise basically. Yes. And, and then uh, you throw some alcohol in and mm -hmm. <laughs> you've got a combination there. Yeah. Uh, uh, deadly, deadly things. So well, what are some of the signs that you may be at risk that you can share with our listeners for heart disease risk? Or do you have like a heart disease risk assessment or anything like that? I do. I do. In fact, I, I offer a complimentary discovery session so that you can discover what your risk factors are and some make some suggestions on on what you can do about them. Mm -hmm. um, I call them time bombs, mm -hmm. like high blood pressure is definitely one. Um, high cholesterol is one. Mm -hmm. uh, diabetes is huge. Diabetes is a huge risk factor. Um, if you lead a sedentary life, like like we were talking before, administrative staff, um, and people like that who have the desk jobs who sit all day. Mm -hmm. um, what else? A lack of sleep, even that interferes with a lot of a lot of things, and it can be a heart risk. And then the stress, that is an, another one too. We've already kind of kind of talked about that. But those, and then poor diet. How many meals do you get through a window mm -hmm. <laughs> during the day? because that's just full of, of salt and sugar and processed food and preservatives and very little nutritive value. So mm -hmm. sometimes we can get the, the calories in that our body need, needs, but it doesn't have the nutrients. And so our bodies are really hungry. Our bodies are starving. Even though we're getting the calories in, mm -hmm. we aren't getting what it needs to uh, sustain itself. So mm -hmm. we're constantly hungry. And one eating of, more. One of the things that I saw that I thought was really interesting is that it said that Mondays are eleven percent higher risk than Saturdays for you to have a heart attack. Why Absolutely. is that? <laughs> we're back to work. It's back yeah. to the grind. And Saturday you can kind of relax and have you know do what you want to do and and breathe a little bit and then monday it's like oh i gotta face this and i have to do that and oh my gosh and that's that stress that's the stress yes definitely definitely the heart attacks and likewise after a heavy meal mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the fats and sugars are inflammatory and what happens is the blood vessels just kind of swell shut mm -hmm. or they're not as elastic actually is what it is um, as they would be. So if, you know, you're watching a football game on Thanksgiving after that big, big meal and your team's losing and you get upset <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and your heart needs to pump more blood and it can't because your blood vessels are all tightened up 
after all the gravy and, and pie that you've had. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why frequently it's after a big meal that uh, the heart attacks happen. So I've also read too that they're most common in the morning, I guess, because you're dehydrated. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And strokes also uh, in the morning. And also sometimes your blood pressure is up in the morning um, too. So all of those things uh, can contribute to the morning. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know I had one patient in particular who had a stroke in the morning um, mm -hmm. when he woke up. So yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever seen like a, a a correlation between race and which which races are more susceptible to yes. heart attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, um, the African Americans uh, have mm -hmm. a higher incidence of heart disease and 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 diabetes too. And then that's Hispanics. Um, diabetes is probably more prevalent. I, that's probably the cause of all the heart disease. Um, and it's diet related. Um, a lot of it is diet related because you know, the carbs have sugar and you're making, you know, tortillas and refried beans and um, things like that. So, and it could be a, a lack of exercise again. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, they are definitely, but it's, it's across the board. Um, it's the heart, heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. And stroke is the fourth leading cause of death in the United States. So it's across the board, but like, as you said, there are some populations that are more uh, likely to have heart disease. And here again, the smoking could be a factor. Um, the poor, depending upon where they live, there are what we call food deserts. If they live in the city where there mm. aren't really any grocery stores or fresh vegetables or anything like that. So mm. access to good quality food. And it's, unfortunately, probably cheaper to go to the place with golden arches than it is to go get a sit down and meal. And, uh, you know, and it's not, you don't have time to actually prepare the food. Um, so like I said, you go, go through a window and get your lunch, mm -hmm. get something like that. So some of those things are, are, um, and there are some, some organizations that are trying to change policy about that public policy. Um, to try to make some changes as far as like the cost and, you know, to, to give more toward the organic. Organic fruits and vegetables tend to have more um, nutrients, definitely less bad things, you know, mm -hmm. like chemicals and um, preservatives, things like that. So I always found that interesting that processed food was always cheaper than raw <laughs> greens which Absolutely. never, never made any sense to me. You go to McDonald's and I mean, all the work and time and effort that they, they go through to, to create these meals, these, these, these burgers, right. That are not good for you. I mean, they probably taste good, but they're not good for your health. And they're way less than going and getting something healthy. You know, yes. you go to Sprouts and say, let's go get an avocado or something. That's yes. the price. I, I think a cheeseburger right now, at McDonald's is cheaper than an avocado from Sprouts. It might be. Uh, I haven't. I haven't been to McDonald's in so long. I don't yeah. know. There was one time whenever um, I was out. I used to do home health nursing too, mm -hmm. and I was just so hungry. And I don't do gluten, um, so I just wanted to pick something up. And I thought, well, okay, I'll do the the chicken nuggets. Okay, 
Mm -hmm. And I took a bite out of one and threw the rest away. It's like, I don't know what this is, but this is not chicken. Mm -hmm. Mechanically <laughs> separated chicken, it reads on the box. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and that's part of it too. It's to make it um, less expensive. How do I put it delicately? Mm -hmm. um, to, to save on their costs, mm -hmm. which it's a business, you know, and businesses have to stay in business and make money so um that's why they cut corners and come up with high fructose corn syrup and mm. hydrogenated oils trans fats and things like that so yeah yeah people really understood and saw what goes into their food i'm sure they would make a, a big change you know especially Absolutely. with high fructose corn syrup how bad that is and everything i mean can you elaborate a little bit on that well, sure. High fructose corn syrup is corn syrup that they process. Mm -hmm. Anytime you process, it adds chemicals to it. And um, a lot of those chemicals can be hormone disruptors. Mm -hmm. And we're not just talking about estrogen and, and testosterone. We're talking about all kinds of hormones that help our body do what our bodies need to do. Mm -hmm. um, so these things that are classified as hormone disruptors are really, they affect the whole body. So, so that's not good. Anytime you see um, corn syrup or anything like that, they're kind of getting wise and, and disguising it and calling it corn syrup instead of high, everybody's looking for high fructose corn syrup and they just throw in that corn syrup and it's cheaper than regular sugar. So that's why they do that. Now, trans fats too are extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous. Um, I do classes on uh, fats, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and that is definitely the ugly trans fats because mm. they take a good fat like um, coconut oil or uh, corn oil, something like that. And they actually, the process is they add hydrogen ions to it and that makes it shelf stable so that it looks more like butter. So that mm. we can spread it on the toast because the good oils are liquid at room temperature. So anything that is liquid like the olive oil and canola oil and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't want it. You know, you don't want to put olive oil on your bread. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I do. Add, <laughs> yeah, I put it on my potatoes um, and a lot of things. Um, so they add the hydrogen ions to make it look like butter and mm. um, uh, make it solid at room temperature. And then that just wreaks havoc. That's that clogs arteries. It, yeah, well, there's the cholesterol. You've got your LDL cholesterol, which I call the lousy cholesterol. Mm. And that's the cholesterol that can go in and form the plaque that clogs the arteries. Mm. And then the HDL cholesterol is what I call the healthy or heavenly. And it can actually go in and scoop out some of those, some of that LDL out of the plaque. So when you get your lab values, you want your LDL, the lousy cholesterol, low, and you want your HDL, your healthy or heavenly cholesterol, as high as possible. Um, so that's just a little side note there on cholesterol and trans fats. But trans fats definitely will clog, um, clog those arteries. And it makes your blood vessels less pliable again, too. So it's just nasty stuff. <laughs> nasty stuff. Oh, I, I bet. Um, we've we've heard of the old adage, right? An apple a day keeps a doctor away. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, I, now I read newly published data that evaluates the seven-year-long fruit consumption habits of 451,000 adults, okay? And okay. the research findings indicate that there might be some truth after all to the sing-song medical claim. In fact, fresh fruit consumption may cut heart disease risk by up to 25 to 40%. What are your thoughts to this? Oh, I totally get that. I totally get that. In fact, the, um, the World Health Organization says that we can cut our, our um, amount of, of heart disease by 90%, up to 90% with lifestyle changes. And diet is, is huge because you can't outrun your fork. <laughs> you, know, you can yeah. exercise all you want, but if you're eating those, you know, the burgers and fries all the time, it, it won't do it. But um, yes, the fruits and vegetables are key. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of different heart healthy diets out there, but they have certain things in common. And the first one is lots of fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Now you talk about an apple. Did you, do you realize there's over 10,000 phytonutrients in one apple? Wow. I, didn't, I had no idea. Can you elaborate on that? Well, it's just all these little things that apples have and as do other fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you hear about antioxidants, antioxidants. Well, mm -hmm. antioxidants come from our, most of them come from our fruits and vegetables. Um, and they're all those little, what we call phyto, meaning plants, phytonutrients. Mm -hmm. And um, if you take a, a vitamin pill, an isolated fragmented vitamin, a lot of times you'll see, well, you should, if you take calcium, you have to take D with it and magnesium. Um, but if you're getting your calcium from kale and spinach and parsley and broccoli, it's got, it has all that in there. It's the synergy of all those phytonutrients working together the way God designed them to work together that count that make the fruits and vegetables so extremely powerful because that's where your antioxidants are. And, you know, those 10,000 phytonutrients are all the ones they've discovered so far. There may be more. Wow. So if, yeah, that's why if, you know, I always recommend seven to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Mm -hmm. um, and also different colors, because it's the colors in the fruits and vegetables that, I mean, excuse me, it's the nutrients in the, in the fruits and vegetables that give them their color. So you want to get the reds and the blues and the greens and the whites and the yellows and the oranges as much as you can every day. Mm -hmm. um, and the darker, the more color. So the more nutrition it has. Hmm. So whenever you pick out um, like peppers, I, my grandsons live with me and they love red peppers. So I get the reddest ones I can find and cut them up and they, they love to eat them like that. So, hmm. so it's all those phytonutrients working together that, that, that help our body um, fight, helps our immune system. It helps build their bones, keeps our bones. It keeps our heart beating healthy and strong. So it's, it's good. One of the things you, so we talked about trans fats. We talked about the LDL, the HDL. We talked about seven to 13 fruits and veggies daily. Yes. What about, what about sleep? Sleep. Um, the uh, National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to eight hours of sleep a day. Mm -hmm. 
And as you mentioned before, those the shift workers, which as a nurse, I have done shift work in the past too, um, because your body has circadian rhythms where it, it sometimes it does this and other times it does more of that. And even they're finding out now that our systems, like our digestive system has a circadian rhythm whenever it works better than others. So um, the seven to eight hours of sleep is, is key. They have found that's about the best. It, it, it has not it's proven not beneficial if you get less than six hours or consistently more than nine hours. Um, so that seven to eight seems to be the sweet spot. Now, when we sleep, it's our body's time to get rid of all the waste that it's produced during the day and clean up the dead cells and that kind of thing. And also, it's when our mind processes the new information that we have received and processes all of the things that have gone on during the day. And that's why children need more sleep than adults because they've got more new stuff to go through <laughs> to process. But seven to eight hours seems to be the, the key. And uh, lack of sleep causes your um, heart, heart to, uh, increases the workload of the heart. It can um, uh, constrict blood vessels. Um, it causes brain fog. It, it, it does all kinds of things to your heart, indigestion and yeah. So seven to eight hours is the recommended. Wow, I'm, I'm so glad you touched on that because I mean, just coming from my perspective as a tradesman, as a lineman, not knowing any of these things, okay? Yeah. We tend to pride ourselves on, I can work 24, 36 hours straight. You know what I mean? I know guys that are Absolutely. working 24 hours and eight off. They call it 24 and eight. You know what I mean? Wow. And wow. They're, they're working all this time, high risk jobs, right? There's a tremendous amount of stress. You're, you're dealing with stuff that can kill you, maim you, or, or both, right? Yes, yes. And you're operating at these levels from in, in colds, extremes, right? In heights, all yeah. these different things. Not only that, you're possibly chewing tobacco. Yeah. Okay. And then you incorporate that with a Red Bull or a, another energy drink. I think the, yes. the ones that the kids are drinking nowadays are called bangs. And they're, they're, called, they're called bangs. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. I think they're like 325 milligrams of caffeine per oh. serving. Yeah. And they're jamming these things. And some of these guys are jamming two or three down and wow. no, not eating. And oh, and not eating. <laughs> not eating. I don't even think they drink water, to be honest with you. I, so if that's not a recipe for something bad going to happen. Disease. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of those, all of these risk factors for heart disease are uh -huh. also risk factors for strokes. Uh -huh. Because a stroke can be a blood clot in, in the brain. Uh -huh. um, and I'm so glad you mentioned water because that's key, too. Mm -hmm. um, when you're dehydrated, your heart has to work harder to get the blood to everywhere it needs to get blood to mm -hmm. grammatically incorrect, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, drinking water is key. And I know, I bet if you're up there on, on a pole or, you know, working on the line, it's, you can't just, I'll be back in a minute. Let me run <laughs> to the bathroom. But, um, yeah, water's key too. So Yes. What a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. And then especially like now in the winter, the colds, I, I, I know I cramped a lot more during the winter because you don't want to drink water. Yeah. You want to jam down some coffee or whatever, you know what I mean? And 
you're, you get in the rhythm, you're working, you want to get this job done because as professional trademen, that's what we want to do. We want to do the best of our ability and we want to get the job done safe sure. yes. and yes. on time. And, and I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're doing this work. We're not drinking any water. You know, we're going without lunch. And yes. let me, let me explain to you the diet I have. Okay. And okay. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of Lyman's do the same thing. We're heating up cans of soup on the, on the, on the heater. When we're in the middle of nowhere on the right of way, we're eating beanie weenies. Um, I was very fortunate. I always got fruits. I always had an apple an avocado okay. or a banana, just one, you know, but I was eating beanie weenies. I would have uh, maybe a can of tuna and that's yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's something that you have to be deliberate about, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and really plan. Uh, well, like I, well, I plan on, on Sunday, I sit down and I or usually Saturday, I make up my menu for the next week and uh, mm -hmm. then I can make up my grocery list. So I plan the whole thing out. Otherwise it'll be, Oh, it's six o'clock. Gee, what? Oh, we'll just order out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and likewise, if you're doing your lunches too, that really takes some planning. That mm -hmm. takes some planning. So especially if you're working in the middle of nowhere, yeah, you got to really, you know, put some plan time and effort into that because, you know, you ain't going to stop at McDonald's out there. And you don't want to eat a salad. Yeah. And, and, and also, right. And then you don't want to get a uh, sushi from some, boat, you know, place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, gas station sushi. I've eaten oh, that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. oh gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, I, I heard that 20% of those who are dying of heart disease today are under the age of 65. Do you attribute that to the, their environment, the stress, and now what I talked about with the, uh, the energy drinks? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, how, for sure. How, how, if you can elaborate on those energy drinks, how dangerous are they? Well, you've got all that caffeine. Caffeine is a stimulant. Your heart mm -hmm. rate goes up. Your blood, your blood vessels constrict. Um, you're because you're, it's revving up your metabolism. So your body needs more of what the heart can't give it mm -hmm. because it's working as hard as it can. So it really, really stresses the body. Um, it's just not good. And it's dehydrating. Um, it's just not good on so many levels like that. So no, just, just water, please water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and our uh, green tea, green tea's good. It's got some heart health benefits too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, they have seen um, evidence of plaque in, in young kids. There are some doctors that want to start these kids at, at 10 and 12 on statin drugs. Um, and it's just the lifestyle. It's all those factors that you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, the stress and the, the lack of exercise. That's huge. The poor diet, the... Um, and well, I can't say that they have a whole lot of stress, but it is hereditary. You know, you do have some some leanings toward all of the what, whatever is in your family history. But there's a whole field now. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called epigenetics. Oh. Um, epa means above or before. And it's the, <clears throat> the fact that we can affect our genes. We can turn genes on and off according to what, our lifestyle what we do, even what we think. 
um, can the if we are if we're thinking positive thoughts or negative thoughts, it 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 adjusts what cell membranes let in and out. So it's the whole thing that that we're not our DNA is not our destiny. So you can't totally blame 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 your genes uh, for everything that's going wrong in your life. Well, I can't help it. My dad was you know this or that or no. You do have some control over it. And like I said, it's 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 diet, it's exercise, it's stress, it's all those things um, that will turn our good genes on and turn our bad genes off. And food again, fruits and vegetables are key to that. So all those ten thousand phytonutrients. Now, uh, when I when I first talked to you on the phone, we're talking about heart attacks, and you're explaining to me exactly what a heart attack is. Can you give our audience just a, a little bit of in-depth detail of why it happens? You know, we already know the risks and stuff like that. Can you yeah. go into depth about that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, plaque, as we've mentioned before, is when there's some kind of a little microscopic tear or something in the wall of the blood vessel and the LDL cholesterol goes in, gets into the blood vessel and then your body can uh, sends in some white blood cells and things like that to kind of cushion it so it doesn't really irritate or, or whatever. And pretty soon you've got that plaque that's forming. And we used to think that the plaque would build up and build up and build up until it would block the blood vessel. But what they're finding now is that <clears throat> something causes the wall of that plaque around that plaque mm -hmm. to burst, to rupture. And it can be trauma, it can be high blood pressure, it can be a lot of times it's just plain old inflammation. Um, and it causes that, that the wall of that plaque to rupture. And then your body, you just like whenever you get a cut on your skin, your body forms a scab so you don't bleed to death. And um, it does that with the ruptured plaque. And what happens is a blood clot forms. So then, um, then that part of the heart, whatever is beyond the blood clot, wherever the clot is in the artery, is not getting any blood. So if it's not restored, if the circulation isn't restored to that part of the heart, that part of the heart can die. Um, and then, you know, your heart is a pump. And if the part of it is not pumping, then it's not pumping effectively. It's not getting rid of that blood for one thing. Um, so you're not getting the volume that you might need. Um, and that's where you start having uh, congestive heart failure and um, start retaining fluid and, and yeah, you're tired and that kind of thing. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. so it's safe to say that one of the symptoms that you're having, like, like say for, for our listeners, what are some of the symptoms that a person can go through that is kind of like a warning, like a little bell for them to go and get checked? Sure. Absolutely. Um, it's, well, it's the chest pain. The chest pain. And um, it could just be, you know, tingling in your arm or and the, the pain, your heart, heart pain is usually on some place in the upper body. Like if someone's having a heart attack, it could be pain in the jaw or the neck, um, down your arm, it could even be in the back or some people even describe it as indigestion. Mm. So if you are having any kind of pain like that and it just it comes and goes. Um, you, you need to get it checked out. Shortness of breath. 
um, if you're climbing the stairs, something that you used to be able to do and it didn't win to you, and now all of a sudden you're you're short of breath, like if you used to be able to, to climb a set of stairs and it didn't bother you, and now you're getting to the top of stairs and huffing and puffing, um, mm -hmm. you know, anything like that can be indicative of a decrease in the uh, amount of blood flow to your heart. You know, it's it's weird because the heart is full of blood. So you think, oh my gosh, it's got its own blood, but that's not what feeds the heart. What feeds the heart are the arteries, the tiny little arteries um, that feed because your heart is a muscle. And like any other muscle in your body, it needs those arteries that carry the oxygen and the nutrients and get rid of the waste. Well, the lymph system gets rid of the waste, but it needs the arteries that carry the oxygen and the nutrients to it. So your heart needs that too. It depends on those arteries, um, yeah. So it depends on which artery is blocked as far as the amount of damage to your heart. Um, yeah, I can go on. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on people who look extremely healthy on the outside? They're eating right, they're exercising. And I'll give you one example um, other than my brother, right? Yeah, um, right. I knew a guy who was a, a Green Beret and he was running on a treadmill. This guy used to run 100 mile marathons and stuff like that. Wow. Great shape. 28 years old, died on the treadmill, heart attack. What, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Sometimes it just happens. I mean, I don't know. You remember Jim Fix? He was the big runner. Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. was, you know, it might be before your time, but he was always running. He advocated, he wrote books on it and he had a heart attack while he was running. Um, so sometimes it's that rupture, uh, you never know. It could be the stress of too much exercise that causes that rupture in the, in the uh, wall of the plaque mm -hmm. that causes the heart attack. So just, we, you know, they say health is, um, or medicine is a science, but there's nothing that I know of where every time A happens, B happens, okay? Because we all have heard about that great Aunt Gertie who smokes three packs of cigarettes a day and lived to be 104, right? Yep. <laughs> but, for, but for every great Aunt Gertie, we hear of the Toms and the Dicks and the Marys who smoke and they have heart attacks or they have lung cancer or something like that. So I liken healthcare to playing Russian roulette, okay? Because mm, okay. we all know we got a bullet. We all know we're going to die. Mm -hmm. So how many other bullets do you want to put in your chamber? You know, do you want to smoke? Add a couple bullets. You know, do you want to have a poor diet? Add another bullet. So I don't know, you know, we don't know what else was going on in his body. Maybe he was full of inflammation um, and, and that's what caused it. Um, I don't know, maybe even though he thought he was eating healthy, he really wasn't. Yeah, it's just, just, oh, what we can do is decrease our risk factors. That's what I work with people to decrease the risk factors so that they have to keep those bullets out of their chamber and to squelch those time bombs that may be ticking in their future. So, well, that, that's uh, some fascinating stuff you shared with us. And I, I definitely know that this is going to help our listeners out there. I mean, this is something that's really, really prevalent nowadays. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? And yes. Everybody talks about COVID, 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 but <laughs> what about this other stuff that's going on? Yes, for sure. For Oh, definitely, definitely. And yeah, 
yeah, I don't want to get started on COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're right. It's even, um, I think, depending upon how they work the numbers, heart mm -hmm. disease is still the number one cause of death um, this year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and go ahead, sorry. No, strokes are the number one cause of disability. Mm. So, um, you know, you might not die from it, but, um, and women are more likely to have strokes earlier. And I know this is a men's broadcast, but I bet you've got at least one woman in your life that you're concerned about, sister, mother, whatever, whomever. So yeah. that's important. Oh, especially with a lot of the wives too, that tradesmen have, I mean, they're the ones who are taking care of the home most of the time. Yes. You know what I mean? They're the ones who are, are holding down the fort as to say, you know, while the men go out there and, and do their jobs and try to make a home, try to try to provide for their families. So they got a tremendous amount of stress. And the only reason I could speak from that aspect of it is because my wife got really sick while I was on the road. Now okay. she, she came down with a chronic Lyme disease. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was uh, getting ready for a marathon. She was running 10 to 12 miles a day. Wow. I mean, just super healthy young lady. She's six younger, six years younger than me and uh, really vibrant. And uh, I was out of, out of state working and she called me one day and she's like, I don't feel good. I think I overtrained and come back to find out she started having irregularities with her heart. So they yeah. gave her a stress test and they're like, okay, well, we don't know what's going on with you and come to find out long story short, you know, for those of you who have heard my story already. Uh, she came down with Lyme disease. Oh boy. Oh yeah. That's not good. No, that can be a, almost a chronic disease. Mm -hmm. It can go on and on. How long ago was that? May I ask? That was in 2000 or in 2018, her heart stopped Christmas day. Yeah. yeah they had to revive her for Christmas day and, uh, her heart just completely bageled out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and with that disease, it's so weird because it feeds on the, the, um, the stuff that your heart's made out of your hair, your, your eyes, all that collagen? stuff. So, collagen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Collagen. Yeah. Collagen. It feeds on collagen and uh, it started affecting her eyes. She was losing vision in one eye. It was affecting her brain, her cognitive thinking and, and just all kinds of different stuff. Uh, she couldn't, uh, she couldn't lift her arms above her head. You know, she felt like she, she told me the feeling she had was that she felt like she had full body arthritis. Wow. Yeah. How's she doing now? Uh, well, she's, uh, she's about 95%. Uh, no thanks to Western medicine, <laughs> you know, um, that, that nearly killed her the way the CDC handled it. Um, she became allergic to eating. She couldn't eat. Uh, oh she, my goodness. she lost like 35 pounds because of the strict regimen of antibiotics they gave her to try to kill it yeah which completely diminished her gut flora which yes. sent her into this other spiraling effect where she became allergic to everything she literally was starving to death in front of me oh, i bet i bet yeah the gut is so important mm -hmm. for immu immune system it opens her up to all kinds of other diseases too mm -hmm. so wow, wow. yes That's so it's, it's it's crazy you know and that's what brought me around to this point is being home, seeing how much she had on the table with me being gone. Me realizing how bad of a father I really was. My kids were estranged, right? 
to okay. me yeah. coming around and wanting to do this podcast and, and then even starting up my, my father engagement coaching to help fathers who yeah. are just like me in my position. And uh, I think fathers, we have a responsibility, right? I liken it to like, when we talk about health, I liken it to taking care of yourself, right? Um, you got to take care of yourself so you can take care of those around you. Yes. And I call that the oxygen mask rule. Okay. And I want to explain that a little bit to you. Okay. okay. I, I, this is one of the things I use in my coaching. Okay. You have to place the plastics oxygen mask on your mouth first, correct? When you're on a plane. Yes. And they tell you this because you won't be around to help others if you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. A show up dad takes care of himself first. You know what I mean? And yes. yes. What does taking care of yourself look like? Well, it starts here. There's a, a few ideas that I have. You get annual physicals, which most, most tradesmen don't do, right? Okay. You eat right. It's one of the things that yeah. you talk about, okay? Yes. You, you exercise. And yeah. this old bull of, I work hard. I don't need to exercise. That, that's that's the mentality that we see. I you know I'm guilty of it. You know I, I'd say I climb all day. You know I don't need exercise. I get my exercise at at work, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you got to have that strong connection to your family and community, and and try to pick friends who support your healthy choices. You know, that's critical. Yes, absolutely. Because if you're hanging around with Joe Schmo and he's still smoking and drinking and snorting and whatever else. You know, you're going to have a tendency, you know, my, 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 my dad had a, a saying, you know, you are who you hang with. Who you hang with? Is that what yeah. You yeah. Okay. My, my, yeah. my father, that was one of the things he used to say. He's like, you are who you hang with. Show me your friends. I'll tell you who you are. You know? Yes. So yeah. we got, we got to make those good choices. And as a show up dad, we got to model for our children that he respects and likes himself. Okay. And takes care of himself. Critical. Yes. Too many men are raised to not care for themselves and to sacrifice their own health as they care for others. While sacrificing for others is sometimes noble, in the absence of self-care, it's not the proper way to live. I totally agree. Yes, that's great. That's great. So in closing of this episode, I want to say that the hero who isn't healthy isn't a hero for long. And I, I, and I want to end with this and ask the listeners, when was the last time you went to the doctor? If your answer to this question is, I go to the doctor every decade, whether I need to or not, <laughs> you may really want to consider modeling a different standard for your child because my brother is a living example. He never went to the doctor. He never was sick. He didn't get coughs or anything like that. And now he left three children. The youngest being two. That's, you know, yeah. so that's that's why I want to try to help people to avoid that. Absolutely. So, yes. Well, thank you for coming on here. Sure. And uh, how can the people reach you so they can get a hold of you and, and talk to you if they have any questions or anything like that? Sure. Well, I have a Facebook page. Um, that's a good way to get in touch with me, and it's just Martha Kiefer RN. Um, and I am I before E and two F's. That's me. K I E F F E R. Or you can do Martha Kiefer at Yahoo or Martha at Healthy Living Adventure. That's the name of my company, Healthy Living Adventure. Okay. Healthy Living is an adventure. <laughs> it's not a tour, it's an adventure. So at least I like to try to make it an adventure. 
Yeah, adventure is the spice of life, correct? <laughs> right, right. We've got to chart a course around the time bombs that may be ticking in our future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you so much, Martha, for coming on here and being a, a guest and and just just being able to share your wisdom and knowledge to our group here that listens to this. And uh, I know it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people. So thank I think, you. I thank you for your time and you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. And you're doing great work. Keep up the good work because that's we need strong fathers in this country for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Bye-bye.